1: Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Starkville. And, boy, does it feel good this morning. It's a chill outside. There's a lot of people on Main Street here in Starkville, Mississippi's college town. Big old line over there at the Starkville Cafe this morning. Charlie, everything just feels great this morning. It does feel good. We Man, needed that. We needed yep. Yeah. You know, doing what we do. Being involved in sports, yesterday is one of the good days. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of times you don't have it, you have negativity. Some people can take something negative out about just about anything. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, let me tell you a story or
1: two, but go on. But yesterday was one of those days you just can't say a whole lot of negative. You know what I'm saying? It was great. It was good, it was
0: a good atmosphere. Are you, are you baiting me to try to be negative, or are you wanting me to say, no, wait, there's, I'm, not, I'm not falling for your trap today. It was clever. I know you're <laughs> wanting me to complain about something just to prove that I can. I thought it was a good day. Yeah, it was. I mean, and here's the thing I really like. I don't think we played a perfect ball game. We get so outcome-determinative in sports. It's almost impossible to lose as a fan and say, hey, but our quarterback played really well. Our yeah. line played really well. Everything's got it. Throw it all away. It's terrible. Get rid of it. But the opposite's true when we win. I mean, we have things that we can do better. We didn't play perfect. The point of that being not to complain is to say that we're just that much better than they are.
1: Yes. That's uh, that's the big takeaway from yesterday is we're a better football team than Texas A&M. And, hey, and we're, we're a better coached football team. A lot better coached football team. A lot better coached football team. And can you imagine doing this show over in College Station this morning? Can you imagine being a major donor at Texas A&M, knowing that the amount of money that you throw around and you go to Starkville and you got curb stomped? Again. Again. Five out of seven times you've gotten curb stomped by Mississippi State, and they are a better football team. I just had to laugh last night
0: as I was riding home. What are the things that people would say about Mike Leach, that he's stubborn? Who's more stubborn between Jimbo Fisher and Mike Leach? Oh,
1: <clears throat> man. That
0: he uh, doesn't adapt. Well, That it, he's not physical.
1: Whose team was more physical yesterday? And who adapted? Look at how many times we ran the football yesterday. Look at the rushing yards that we had in the second quarter. Mike Leach rushed for a 75 yards yesterday in the second quarter. He changed his offense a little bit. Whatever it takes to win. We had more rushing yards than they did. Which is nuts.
0: Some of that's because of the sacks. But even if right. you factor sacks out, yeah. they barely outrush us. Well, And on a per-play basis, we were right there with them.
1: That's crazy. Well, we're in the Farm Bureau studios this morning. Farm Bureau go with the home team at Farm Bureau. And agents all across the state of Mississippi. And once again, our studios here, at Farm Bureau studios. Hey, I went by Strange Brew this morning. Got my big old tall boy of blueberry-flavored coffee. You gotta stop
0: this tall boy thing. Tall boy is not a coffee term. Yeah, it is. No, that's it, like a you go to the you go to the junior food mart and you go to the back for the single can thing. No, that's a tall boy.
1: Well, I'm saying twenty four ounces. That's that's a tall in a, in
0: a silver can.
1: That's the tallest boy that they make right there. And so I'm calling, No, that's a large coffee. No, it's it's Nobody ever goes in I guarantee
0: you you don't go in Strange Brew and say I'd like a tall boy of
1: blueberry cobbler. They would know what I was talking about. We can. They say, would talk about you when you left. They would, and it's that's not, okay. It's a large call, and they would say good things. There goes old Bart, man. He calls it a tall boy. I'm the only guy that calls it a tall boy, and it's also known this morning as Aggie Tears. And
0: <laughs> okay, and now it tastes that, great. The larger, the better. <laughs> hey, speaking of Aggie Tears, Bart, um, I went out to the drill field, not the drill field, the, the old intramural field to the other night. I drove by.
1: Oh, did you go to Midnight Yale? I didn't stop, but I drove by twice. Were you the guy that sneaked in and took the video?
0: No, I, I never got out of my car, but I did drive by twice. And you know what I was left with? I was left with the feeling that this is what college should be. Yes. When we sit around and talk about things that make colleges what they are in traditions, I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that there were a bunch of students that they were kept at a distance.
1: And respectful.
0: Nobody was fighting or anything. There there was a lot of cowbells ringing. I like that. People shouldn't be able to come on your camp. Now, people say, why do we let them do that? Look, that's an alumni association event. They give us space on their campus, all those things. Those things happen. But I like the fact that the counter protest took place. Yes. And you handled it the right way.
1: You know, we didn't. We were lobbing stuff over there at them. You know, you wouldn't yelling ups, obscene chants at them or anything like that. You
0: no, had, no, no. There was nothing.
1: You handled handled it in a respectful way. They come to your house, so
0: I gotta ask this. By the way, Strange Brew has three locations, and here's the point of that. Okay, you've got the location here on Spring Street and Highway 12 in Startville. Also, Churn and Spoon ice cream there too. You've got the location that I now walk down to on University Drive right there in the Midtown development.
1: That's where I got my tall boy.
0: And then, no, you've got a large coffee. Then you have the one in Tupelo that Bart likes to refer to as Brupelo. So here's the point of that, right? They had something successful, and it was copied. They copied it. They did it again. It replicated, all right? Good things you do over. You do them again. At what point in their history did Texas A&M fail to look around And say, we came up with this yell leaders idea, and nobody, (laughs) but nobody, has copied this. What kind of tradition? The the Mets closer who has the trumpet song that everybody got all excited about, and this is one of the things I hate about sports. We're a bunch of copycats. It's why I hate the we're going to beat the hell out of you cheer, because everybody does it. I don't like the way that we just copy other people. But here's what I know. If you have something good, much like Strange Brew copied it to new locations, people copy it. Nobody. Not once. You know that trumpet song from the Mets? You you hear it at every stadium now. A lot of things happen. Even people, this will tell you, I was never a fan of Don't Stop Believin'. But people even copied that. That's how low <laughs> the bar is for what somebody copies.
1: Now everybody's got to have
0: a song at the end of the third quarter. And nobody copied the yell leaders. How do you fail to have any self-awareness and say, you know what, guys, maybe we're off here?
1: Sometimes self-awareness is the lost trait.
0: And I like Texas A&M people. Well, That's well, the I was,
1: hard part. Well, I, was, I swear I was going to go with this. If you put me in the category of – Disdain toward fan bases. All right, I list Texas A and M in the bottom quarter of people that bother me. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, hey, if I, you've ever spent time in College Station, you could say that in many ways
1: it's like an overgrown Starkville. Yeah. They're and nice people, nice people, good people. A little bit peculiar. It's like the peculiar cousin that's at the family reunion. You talk to them. They're not so peculiar that you don't want to hang out with them. No, you, you, but they're they got a little. Got a little difference, yeah. And so, but but you talk to them, you're nice to them, you don't spend a whole lot of time with them outside the family reunion. You know what I'm saying? And then, but you don't block their number. No, you know it's not that. It's not. No, as as long as they don't start trying to tell me what I need to think and what I need to do, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it.
0: You know, you got the LSU fans. They're your cousins who come to town that you just have to leave and go to bed because they're going to stay up a little too late for you. A and M's well, the kind you know you're going to meet for lunch and then kind of. Sneak out, maybe. Uh, No, I actually – I really do like A&M fans. I think in many ways there's a lot of things that we can identify with and vice versa. I just don't get the whole dudes and milk suits and overalls and
1: compound
0: complex. A little different.
1: That's okay. It's okay. It's all
0: right to be different. But nobody – well, it can be all right to be different. Just choose an all right form of different. Yeah, well – Anyway. Nobody has copied that. Strange Brew, though, has been copied twice. Yes, and it's a tall boy everywhere you go, and it's good stuff. It's large. <laughs> if you walk in there and ask for a tall boy, <laughs> they won't give you one of those beans on top, I can guarantee it.
1: So on Friday, we had our Trax Plus deep dig, and you were wearing your Trax Plus hat this morning. I am indeed. I'm wearing a country-pleasing hat this morning, and I actually cooked some country-pleasing this morning before I left the homestead. But on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, we each have three numbers. And, Charlie, last week you came in here and you hit on all three of your numbers. And you were double-jointed and patting yourself on the back. That's not
0: true. I immediately pointed out this is what I think we need, not a prediction on what's going to happen.
1: And that's what I was saying today, too. So I'm three for three today. Okay. I'm double-jointed, and I'm patting myself on the back today. Well, you shouldn't be. You should just report the facts and let's go. Now, at the first number, I said the other day, all right, we needed to force Texas A&M into three punts in the first half. How many punts do they have in the first half? Three, three, and the whole thing was is just keeping them. Uh, they they punted four times in the first half last week. They had one punt in the second half against Arkansas. They kind of found their offense, and you were hoping that they didn't continue that through the first half of yesterday's game. And we came out and just kind of shut them down offensively in the first half of play. And so they punted three times. That was my first number.
0: Okay. And I thought that was important. It was. Looking back, I, I thought that was. And turnovers helped.
1: Turnovers helped tremendously. The second number I said is we needed to limit Texas A&M to just 12 pressures on our quarterback because you know we had so many pressures against LSU. And I thought with A&M, their secondary is so good. I mean, their defense has been really, really good. And they have been getting some pressures on quarterbacks. 40% of the time that K.J. Jefferson dropped back for Arkansas last week, he was pressured. He had 10 pressures and 25 dropbacks. I said we need to limit it to 12 – Right at 25%. I thought we dropped back 48 times. It was 45 pass attempts yesterday. We gave up five pressures. We gave up five pressures. A&M blitzed five times. We talked about this, too, is you kind of wonder what D.J. Durkin would do because last year when he was at Ole Miss, they only blitzed twice in 63 backs. A&M only got six pressures on us last year. Did they come after us yesterday? They only blitzed five times. But here's what's funny. None of those resulted in a pressure. And what I mean by pressure is a hurry, a hit, or a sack. But we only gave up five pressures in the game yesterday. We kept the feet clean of Will Rogers. And Will threw it away a couple of times.
0: He did. And a lot of times you can look at passing numbers and say, well, we completed X percent. Sometimes just getting rid of the football and taking an incompletion is a good thing. We took a couple of those yesterday.
1: We did. My third number was 24, and I said if we scored 24 points, we'd win. Now, A&M scored 24. I did not anticipate them scoring 24. But the reason I'm counting that as a win Mm -hmm. is they would not have scored 24 if the back judge hadn't decided that, Daggum, I'm going to throw this flag as far as I can throw it a couple times late in the game. That was a garbage touchdown.
0: One of the things that people always suggest is if you come in and you start complaining about officials – is that you're a sore loser. We won forty two to twenty four, and I'm complaining about officials. I'm complaining about them for several things. And I'm going to complain about the office over in Birmingham for a minute. Why is there a review initiated on the targeting call? There's nothing nothing happened on the field. There were no flags thrown. That bothers me. I get I get it. I get it. That's part of how it goes. Why are we standing over we're, we're preventing an extra point attempt, which for us, by the way, we don't need our kickers being iced. Iced by the league. Yeah, but they're stand there. They stand there. They stand there. And then they take the timeout. I thought they did a very poor job yesterday. Sometimes you give the, the officials credit, say, hey, they got together and got it right. You couldn't break up the meeting out there. No, you All couldn't. All they
1: did was hang out. All right, so I'm about to bring up – I'm about to say something – That may be a little controversial. But I was thinking about this last night. You talk about outside-the-box thinking. Sometimes I like to outside-the-box think. Last night, did you watch Missouri and Georgia? I watched bits and pieces. I fell asleep. (laughs) Okay. It just seemed like, and this is all perception here, and it may have been my subconscious cheering against Georgia. Can I try to finish your sentence?
0: Sure. I think I'm going to finish your idea. because, And I didn't. Keep in mind, I, I was dozing. Okay. You're going to say that it looked like the league office wanted Georgia to win.
1: I'm going to say that every time Missouri had a big play, there was a flag on the field. Hmm. They had a big first down, There's a flag on the field. So I'm thinking this, all right? I'm, I'm asking you what your thoughts on this. If you have an SEC versus an SEC team on a Saturday, would it help the, sub, the, the subconscious of a fan to have non-SEC officials. We bring in
0: ACC officials for the uh,
1: – We bring in Sunbelt officials for SEC games.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed. And it's a one-time assignment. Doesn't matter how well you do, you can't come back. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get one shot, and that's it. i tell you what would help my mentality, quite honestly, is not the on-field guys. Those guys work hard. They, they try to get it right. I would feel better if we moved the SEC review booth to – Charlotte. Charlotte would be fine uh Boston would be better. Just Pittsburgh. Yeah, just get it out of the state of Alabama. I
1: would feel better. Yeah, okay. So those were my three numbers a minute ago. 3, 12, 24. Those are my three numbers. So, hey, we had 13 penalties yesterday for 137 yards. 13. They had 3 for 23. Huh. And I thought when uh, when they caught holding on us on the first you know, first quarter of the game, I thought that said, hey, we're going to call holding a little bit. And let that me tell you punt return, we had a guy almost get an arm jerked out of socket. That's what I was about to say. I mean, we try to de-arm him, try to AC sprain him just by yanking him down. Anyway, but there you go. So those are my three numbers, and that was on our Trax Plus deep dig. Trax Plus now with five locations, three in the state of Mississippi, between Starville and Columbus on Highway 82. It's on the south side of the highway right there. You can get that Sany mini excavators and excavators, barco equipment, barco mulchers. Let me tell you this. My neighbor yesterday almost took a video, but the guy who was running it, the, the equipment was kind of looking at me, and I was like, well, I don't want him to think I'm videoing him. But my neighbor is doing a lot of cleanup right now under a bunch of pine trees. And they have one of those big Barco machines with that Demi Seamoff header, you know, that, that mulching head. And it had a big Trax Plus logo on the side as well. And let me tell you something. That guy was cleaning up some property. And it looks big time. So anyway, if you're in the market for anything in the forestry world, if you're looking to get into that world of mulching heads and cleaning up property and things like that, Go by and see our good friends at Trax Plus. Also in Hickory, Mississippi, that's where it all started. Down in Summit as well, Alexandria, Louisiana. And now in Bessemer, Alabama. So, Sany Excavators and Mini Excavators, you're seeing more and more of those on the road, on the back of a trailer. And one of the reasons is they're getting it from Trax Plus just because of the customer service and the great quality equipment. So, Tracks Plus, our Friday deep dig. And so, what are your three numbers, Charlie? My first number was
0: 130. And that was the number of total yards that I thought Devon A. Chain needed to be held to. He rushed for 111. He had 21 in the passing game. Takes him to 132. Now, if you're going to claim wins when they don't exist, I'm going to claim a win here because the fumble – Wipes out a lot of those yards.
1: The it wipes out. in the
0: red zone hurts.
1: Now, did, were you going to count uh, all-purpose yards as far as kick returns as well?
0: No, no. I said rushing, rushing and, and receiving. Okay. In the offensive game. Now, I nearly uh, spit my drink out when we let him return a kick right before the half. I thought, you know, again, let's. this isn't being critical. This is being analytical. If I were to second-guess anything we did, late in the first half yesterday would be this. We ran plays a couple of times. When we still had timeouts. So time wasn't a factor. We ran plays with 20, 25 seconds on the play clock. I would have liked to have seen us bleed that thing down. So we're either getting three or we're getting seven. But after we do that, there's about 15 seconds left.
1: Yeah, If if you don't have your timeouts – then you, you're trying to go as, as somewhat fast as you possibly can. But if you have your, your timeouts to burn, uh, we kicked it to A-Chain later in the game too. So, I mean, that guy, man, he he can kill you. And the reason I thought it was kind of interesting that we, we kicked to him is because we were kicking into a wind. And we talked about this in the pregame yesterday. Of, hey, if you're kicking to the north end zone today, is today a day where you just high hang one up to about the 20-yard line and let them fair catch it? Yeah. And so that that was kind of interesting to me that we did kick it to A-chain. It didn't hurt us. Well, it hurt us. We got bailed out by it by a fumble at the end of the half. But but, that's a play that, yeah.
0: for whatever reason, has gotten overlooked, by the way. Yeah. That fumble, because A&M comes down the field, we get the sack, Tyrus Wheat recovers. I think it was Watson and Weed who make the play there. That was a huge play. It was. Because if they come down and score before the half, we're all in a bad mood at halftime.
1: Yeah, it's just like LSU all over again.
0: So that was my first number, 130. My second was 25. That was the number of rushing yards I thought we needed to hold Max Johnson to. I was worried about him scrambling on us. He didn't do anything. Eight carries, lost 15 yards all told, didn't hurt you.
1: But i tell you what, man, after we brought up the point, that dude can move around a pocket. He sure can. Hey, and we hit him hard too. That dude is sore this morning. I mean, he is sore, but he could move around. Just a little shiftiness and staying in the pocket. Pocket elusive. Is that what I said? He's got pocket mobility. Pocket mobility. That's what I said, yeah. Coin that term. All right, so that was the second one.
0: And then my third was 17. I thought we needed 17 first-half points to go in 17-7, somewhere like there.
1: We had 14. Uh, and You know, we'll take it. And then, to be honest with you, the only reason we didn't score more than that is – there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities in the first half. We had long drives. They had long drives. You know, they they had, had a 16-play drive that ended in a punt. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like less than 50 yards. 16 <laughs> plays, like 48 yards. How does that happen? In <laughs> eight and a half minutes. That is a, that's, that is a thing of beauty is what that is. So those are three numbers that we talked about in the Friday Deep Dig. All right, time now for the five big plays of the game. These are five big plays that – really uh, don't affect as far as scoring, or not scoring plays. These are five big plays, kind of lost plays in the game. Charlie, do you have the first one, or I got the first one? You were first. Okay, I'm first. My first big play, of course, we got the football first, had to punt it away. Texas A&M gets it out to midfield on their first drive. And it's third down and six from midfield. And Max Johnson flings one out in the right flats to Devon A-Chain. And we talked about A-Chain, and that guy is good. Hey, after, after watching him play again yesterday, 111 on 16 carries and what he did in the receiving game as well. I mean, he had six catches for 21 yards, so, uh, a long of 28, a long of nine rather. But the Cameron Richardson came up out of the secondary from his cornerback position and made an open field tackle. That was a great play. Man, just I'm talking about one on one, made the tackle, forced the punt. They get the first down there. It's a scripted drive. Everybody has scripted drives on that first drive. If they drive down and get points, that may be a different game. But I thought that open field tackle on third and six from midfield, forcing the punt when it was just one on one, that's uh to me that was the first big play of the game. I buy that. Completely, I th- I thought that was just a huge
0: play. He's he's turned into a nice football player. Man, he really has. He has turned into a really nice football player. My first big place, a so second overall, comes on our second drive of the football game. We took over at our own eight yard line after a punt. We had converted a third down out the seventeen, get the ball to twenty two, but then we had had some penalties. We had a holding penalty, and one of the big things about penalties is. Can you overcome them? Typically for us, we've got a third and five holding penalty on LaQuinston Sharp. Now we got third and 13. And we're from our own 19-yard line. You don't convert here. Now you're punting inside your own 20. a is going to have good field position, and the field has been flipped. We taught the other day. I thought this was going to be an ugly football game. One of the keys, even if you don't score, is picking up a couple of first downs before you punt try to make Texas A&M drive the length of the field. And Will Rogers and Rufus Harvey connect on a 16-yard pass play down the middle of the field, picks up the first down on third and 13. That was – you talk about a tight window. That was a dime. I mean, he put it right where it had to be. And then Rufus had to go down. I mean, it was one of those he threw it where one guy could catch it and Rufus had to make a nice play on it. I thought that play from our own 19 was huge now – we still end up punting. We still end up having to punt the football, but we do so on the Texas A&M side of the field. They end up taking over at their own 10. Converting on that play is the difference in Texas A&M getting the ball at the 35 or the 40 or their own 10.
1: Well, and their offense has been so bad this year so far because of that thick playbook from Jimbo Fisher. And them going 90 yards compared to 60 yards – is a major deal. Yeah, I agree with that. That was a big-time throw and catch. All right, i got to ask you, let's
0: detour one moment because you bring up the thick playbook of Jimbo Fisher. Do
1: you think that is a problem for them? Absolutely, I think it's a problem. Absolutely, I think it's a problem because you're asking your quarterback to make so many reads and do so many different things. I was listening last night. I I got in the car, left Bulldog Burger, got in the car, turned on the ESPN radio, and they were doing an interview with Bill Connolly. You know Bill? Bill yeah. does a really good job with numbers, and and you follow that stuff. He, he is really, really good. And he started talking about Texas A&M and their offense, and he said the same exact thing. It was so funny. I mean, I had not listened to Bill, hadn't listened to Bill in a while, but he said the same exact thing that we've talked about, about how you're just too muddied down in that offense. You paralyze yourself by just so much information, paralysis by analysis, as they say.
0: Well, I just wonder. I, I- tend to think it is a problem. I think they have other problems. I don't think they're as athletic right now as they need to be. They'll get that
1: fixed pretty quick. Dude, he's got to get his players in there. It's just year five, Charlie.
0: <laughs> just give him a little time.
1: <laughs> and hey, I said this last night in the post game, too. I probably shouldn't have said it. But. You know, the the thing, you know, everybody's poking fun at Jimbo about all the money he's making. And, man, I can't believe they're going to get rid of him. I mean, all that money's guaranteed. Through 2031. Yeah, he's got nine more years on that contract. At nine a year. They're not getting rid of him. And to be honest with you, we don't need them to get rid of Jimbo. I like Texas A&M. I like, as a Mississippi State fan, I like Texas A&M to have Jimbo Fisher. Because it's kind of like almost the same deal maybe as – at Ogeron at Ole Miss a few years ago, several years ago, you worry about the next guy because they're recruiting at a high level. You don't want somebody can come in there and coach.
0: Well, how many times have you seen that? Guys, you know, load the cabinets, and then you get somebody that knows how to coach, now you got
1: problems. Yeah, and that's what Houston did in the first two years at Ole Miss. Fifty. Fifty. Fifty years. What? Remember that? No. It's been 50 years. Oh, that's a, that's a side story for another day. Okay, we'll save that one.
0: All right, so let me give you the third big play. Uh, it's late first half. We're leading 7 to nothing. We're trying to go score right before the half. We've got a third and five at the A&M 32. This is a big play. You don't pick up the first down here, and you're probably thinking about a long field goal, which is a questionable proposition. And – Will Rogers throws complete to Tulu, catches it at the 23, but then he gets it all the way down to the five-yard line. We've got a first and goal, and all of a sudden, life's a lot different for us there.
1: And that was another slant route. It's kind of like Rufus Harvey. That's not an easy pass. I mean, you make it look easy when you're watching it, But that's not an easy play to make. That right there is just replicating over and over and over in practice because you've got to have – there's a huge difference in timing throwing a slant route to Tulu than throwing a slant route to Austin Williams. I mean, you've got to know your personnel. You've got to know because those guys are on a complete flat just run and you put it right where you have to put it. That's one of the things you you talk about working off season wise and the timing of this offense. That was a timing play, and it gets you in position to score.
0: And it goes back to something we've talked about and a number of other people have. To lose one of your playmakers, you have to get him the ball, and he made a play right there. And that ultimately sets us up for the touchdown. So that's my third my second, our third overall big play.
1: Okay, the, the next big play for me was in the A&M first drive of the second half. You know, we're up 14 nothing. They get the ball to start the second half. And so that's where we've been good is if we get the ball to start the second half is to drive down and score. You know, they pretty much have scripted out the first drive of the third quarter as well. And they drive down the field. And they've got second and goal at the six-yard line. And then they have a bad snap. They got a bad snap. Max Johnson has to just throw it away, and then his third down and goal from the sixth guy drops a pass in the end zone, and then they have to kick the field goal. So there's a big difference in scoring a touchdown and kicking a field goal right there. I thought the big play was the second and goal on the bad snap, because now instead of having two shots in the end zone, you've got just one, and that's it. And what's the reason a lot of times you have bad snaps in football and shotgun is because the nose guard is eating the center alive. I thought we ate the center alive yesterday. And so, to me, that was the big thing. You forced the three instead of giving up the touchdown. You give them one shot at the six instead of two. And to me, that was the the fourth big play. We're up 14 to nothing forcing that field goal.
0: I would forgotten about that. I would completely forgotten about yeah. that. And now that you say it, that was huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a wasted play. It's a complete wasted play in a goal to goal situation. And that's the same
0: uh, sequence where the guy just drops the pass too. Yeah, wasn't great thrown, but you get another chance. I mean, it's just so hard to defend in the red zone.
1: It is. It, it is hard to defend in the red zone, especially uh, when you got a run game and they get, and they got a guy like a chained and. Yeah, I thought that was a big play.
0: So that leads to the field goal, makes it fourteen to three. Yes, sir. So, then they kick off. We get the football at the 27. We get a five-yard gain out to the 32, and then we throw to ducking. And he fumbles. And he fumbles. And they now have the ball at our 25-yard line. So, on the first play, they go incomplete in that drive. Here's my big play. They actually had a a penalty there.
1: Yeah, that's when they got Colin Duncan – I mean, eh, that was kind of an iffy call, too. And that was a a late flag as well. And that's a spot foul,
0: though. Spot foul, so they only get three yards out of the deal. And now they've got it first and 10 at our 22. Here's a big play to me. They try to run to the right with A-Chain, try to get him outside to the right. Sherman Timms, and Jordan Davis get up, make the play, drop him for a loss of five. Yeah. So now it's 2nd and 15 back at the 27. This is not an offense that's very good in anything in long. I thought that was a huge play. And as it turns out, you look at how does that put the pressure on them. They have a one-yard completion. Then they have a false start, a five-yard completion. That then sets them up having to attempt a field goal on 4th and 14 that's blocked. And we all know what happens from there that 5-yard loss. If instead of a 5-yard loss back to the 27, it's a 5-yard gain down to our 17, everything's different. And you say, well, even if they're attempting a field goal, you know, you go back to and look at that false start penalty. Yes. That was so big. There is everything is different when you've got a kicker who is stretched out at yeah. the length of you know, some
1: big difference in 44 and 30, 34.
0: Because what's he got to do? He's trajectory. Gonna, he's going to try to kick it a little flatter. Sometimes you see him be guilty of just kind of winding up a little bit more, making sure that holds right, a, Take little, a little bit, bit more,
1: slower. A little bit more time, yep. And so,
0: But I thought the thing that really set the entire sequence in motion was the play by Sherman Timms and Jordan Davis. And uh,
1: we talked about that yesterday for us. You gave that as one of your keys to victory on the video board yesterday before the game was – our first down offense, well, that flipped the page. It's their first down play. That first down play, when you lose five yards on first down, it changes everything. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so those are our five big plays, and those are brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startville. Cannon Ford located east of Startville on Highway 182. Five big plays, and of course, they got five big plays as well. They got new cars, used cars. Their service center is outstanding. That's number three. Their body shop, they can fix any den but the fifth and most important, their customer service. And our five big plays brought to you by our friends at Canon Ford of Starkville. All right, turning point. What was the turning oh, point for you? I think, easy. I mean, this is the easiest one we've ever had. Yeah, it's easy. That block field goal.
0: No, not no,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was a what? <laughs> no, 100%
0: that instead of a 14-6 game, it's 21-3. Yeah. Uh, that. Now, there were other big moments that changed the game, the sack and the fumble before the half. The A-chain fumble was huge. Both those are big. But I thought when the game – I hate to say things like when the game was over, 21 points wouldn't have won it. We were winning that football game after we returned that block field goal.
1: We were, and we were show winning it after raw Rock caught that 75-yard touchdown pass. Hey, you're Not talking about going him. for a dagger. You know, they just scored a touchdown. They got Hayes, Haynes King in the game, and you were wondering if he was going to be that random guy that comes in there and leads the Aggies to victory. Looks like Johnny football all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, and then first play, we go up top, and you throw that long touchdown play, 75 yards. Man, that was beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. You look yesterday, you know, Ra Ra caught five balls. He was targeted seven times. He caught five balls for 134. But Justin Robinson yesterday, targeted seven times, he caught six. Now, we only dropped one ball yesterday in the stats situation, and that was – who was that? That was, was the
0: Tulu. Was that pass. the
1: Tulu, Tulu drop? But uh, some people are going to say Justin Robinson dropped that ball in the end zone. that's going to go categorically as a pass breakup because the guy defensively reached in and yanked it out. And so, But Robinson yesterday caught the most balls yesterday, six balls for 50 yards. Man, Rufus Harvey, that's the thing. He's spreading the ball around. Rufus Harvey is is coming on five catches for 41 yards. You look at, uh, you know, Tulu only caught three balls. He was targeted four times. Ducking was targeted six times. He caught three. How about, you know, Austin Williams caught a pass on the first drive. On the first drive. I
0: love that play design. That's
1: kind of a weird little play, you know, a little wheel route, whatever. And then Austin makes that catch. That was the only time he was targeted all day yesterday. And so eight receivers caught uh, 31 balls, 329 yards passing for Will, three touchdowns, no interception. Now, he got away with an interception early. Uh, They dropped one. It could have been a pick six. But, hey, we live to play another day. We ran 69 plays. They ran 69 plays. We had 473 yards of offense. And here's what's – you know, usually I really don't care about yards. But after seeing Texas A&M's defense the first four games of the season, that's a legitimate defense. And to see us rack up some yards like we did yesterday, 144 rushing, 329 passing, 473 overall – Man, I thought uh, I thought yesterday was was big time. 0 sacks in the game. Man, that's let me, great.
0: Let me tell you what jumps out at me from the final stats and first down efficiency. How about this? We talk about all the time and Mike Leach gets mad when you talk about balance. Here's our first down play calls. 15 rushes, 16 passes.
1: Wow. Wow. 15
0: of our 31 first down plays were runs. And on those first down running plays, we averaged 6.3 yards a carry. I thought that was a pretty big deal to me. Our average gain on first down yesterday was almost seven
1: yards. You look in the second quarter, we outscored them 14 to nothing. We had 176 yards, they had 52. We rushed it nine times in the second quarter for an average of 8.2 yards a carry, and that was winning time. Second quarter, you get that big lead. We punted one time. We had the ball nine minutes and 18 seconds in the second quarter. Now, Texas A&M had the ball uh, much more in the second half. They had 11.45 in the third quarter. We had it just 3.12. We only ran, man, we had three rushes and we had five – we only had eight plays in the third quarter, and that was it. And then the fourth quarter – the, the yards were very similar, but uh
0: here's the thing that jumps out at me when you start looking quarter by quarter. I thought we made adjustments defensively. Oh yeah. In that first quarter, A and M was averaging eight yards a carry. In the second it was one and a half. Yeah. And I thought early in the ball game there were some times when it looked like they were controlling the front for a minute and that changed.
1: Hey and we've made it this far to show and we haven't mentioned Zach Arnett. In the game plan we had yesterday on defense, we came after them. And hey, when it was 14 to nothing, they had the ball at midfield, and we're all thinking about, man, they're going to drive down just like LSU did. We're going to sit back and prevent defense. He brought everybody. He brought the house. He brought the house. Buki, hey, losing Buki for the first half against uh, Arkansas is going to be big. But I thought Purvis came in for him yesterday and played extremely well. But I thought I thought we just got after them. I thought we hit them hard. Man, we had some big-time hits. Those are some sore guys today. Sore suckers over in College Station today.
0: And not just sore, but they are now lost two in a row.
1: Mentally beat down.
0: No, they haven't lost two in a row. They and will have lost two in a row.
1: They beat Arkansas.
0: Kind of. In my head, Arkansas still won that game.
1: I, I agree with because that. Because
0: they should have won that game. I still think Arkansas is better than Texas A&M. I get it that they played head up. Arkansas should have put that game away. But now A&M, back in the summer, we were all excited. A lot of, I say we, a lot of college football people were. October 8, Jimbo's going to get Nick. Yeah. <laughs> well. Of course, we don't know what Alabama's got at quarterback now.
1: Well, and, and they said he could have played yesterday. I heard, I heard Saban after the game yesterday say he could have played if we had to have him. You know, Some of that maybe coach speak too. Hey, here's what I want to say real quick about yesterday and we talk about this all the time about college football not just Mississippi State issue this is a college football issue when you go around the country and you see all the open seats and coming off of COVID a lot of folks you know built the outdoor patios and sit at home it's easy for me to watch it on TV the product's good there let me tell you this it, that that's right. That that is correct. Sometimes it's easier. A lot of people. I got a lot of friends playing travel baseball and travel soccer right now, and you get an open weekend where you're not playing ball, and you're like, man, I need to sit around the house today. And I can't go. I can't go to a ball game. But let me tell you this: when we blocked that field goal yesterday, and the Cameron Richardson picked it up and ran it in the end zone, you can't replicate that sitting in front of a TV. When that. When that f- the crowd is so loud that you can feel it in your chest and you can feel the play, you don't get that sitting at home. And I know no. it's easy to sit at home, but moments like that are what makes coming to the games special because you feel it. It's kind of like Anthony Johnson running that 100-yard interception return back for a touchdown. You feel it. And I can still remember that feeling of Anthony Johnson, and that was 2007. It's been 15 years. And let me tell you this, when DeCameron Richardson picked that ball up and kind of shedded that guy behind him, I'll kind of remember that 15 years from now. You just can't replicate that. Hey, can I tell
0: you what I got, by the way? This is kind of my last note for you today. Remember when we were talking on Friday about Waxahachie? Ricky Joe Red. Yeah, I had a good buddy of mine in Dallas, my friend Todd Massey, sent me a picture Of of his son being coached. By Ricky Joe Red, How about that? How about that? Coaching baseball now. <laughs> um, so, that I think of games. Oh, we, you know, we got a lot of Texas guys. We have a lot of, meaning a lot of Mississippi State people in Texas in the yeah. Dallas area, in the Houston area. Don't you know they're feeling pretty good today?
1: Oh, man. Won't be able to tell them anything tomorrow.
0: Although, I will say this. I can't imagine... The feeling it will be to live in the state of Texas after we beat Texas.
1: Well, that's what I was about to say. It's too. It's better than A what M. you say? Oh yeah, because and we talked about this last night. You know, even <laughs> you, you kind of want to, you know, rub it in a little bit. But not not really, because A and M. You think a lot of them, but the Mississippi State and the Texas A and M people that are meeting in, in the uh, in the lounge tomorrow at work, they're just they're they're the they're the folks who are going to gang up on Texas. Because we kind of feel the exact same way. A&M, so I would
0: say the problem with Texas is they think they're Texas. Well,
1: and it goes back to the point of A&M is probably just a bigger Mississippi State. Texas is probably just a bigger people up the road.
0: On steroids. I know, I know. Yeah, it's worse.
1: Hey, that was fun today. That's fun to talk about wins. Hey, thanks to our good, good friends at the Farm Bureau. We'll go to the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Once again, our friends at Trax Plus. We had our Trax Plus deep dig on Friday. Strange Brew Coffee House. I'm drinking my large coffee.
0: There we go. We're making progress
1: today. Blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they'll ship it to you. They'll even put it in the pods for you. Got all different kinds of breakfast blend, their house blend, just so many different kinds. Hey, I've
0: talked to all kinds of people doing that now.
1: Oh, I do, too. I do, too. I've
0: had so many people come up to me and say,
1: all right, guys, I've ordered the pods, and I like this. Yeah. Order the mugs. They got some really cool mugs and stuff. And so, StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell. Cannon Ford, located just east of Startville, with a great customer service if you're in the market for a new or used car. Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing. I had it this morning. And uh, man, it's at the stadium. You just can't beat Country Pleasing Sausage. And uh, once again, our good friends at Bank First for all your lending needs bankfirstfs.com. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a victorious Sunday coffee.